Right, we're in the Judges of Israel series. This is now part seven, and we're going to start looking at Gideon tonight. Uh, we're going to look at one of the more well-known judges of Israel. Uh, we'll be spending a couple weeks on Gideon because there is quite a bit recorded about him, about three chapters or so, about Gideon. Uh, Gideon is the first judge to be mentioned in the Hall of Faith. Uh, if Barak is actually in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Barak was not actually the judge. Deborah was. He served with her. Uh, so he is in uh, the hall of faith, the Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, but Gideon's the first judge to be mentioned in there. And uh, I just want to read that. Hebrews 11, uh, 32 and 33. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained prophets, stopped the mouths of lions, and it goes on from there. But the point is uh, that Gideon was a man of faith, and he served God in faith and was willing to be used by God. Uh, we're going to take our time going through the time that Gideon was judge and leader of Israel. But first, before we get to that, I want to look at the events that are leading up to Gideon's call, uh, the call to be judge. Uh, so Judges chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 1. It says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Uh, so the first thing we see here is that Israel sins again. And doesn't this seem very familiar? I mean, reading through Judges is almost like watching reruns. It just kind of keeps happening again. It's almost like a loop. Uh, the same thing happened uh, with Israel before God gave them Othniel to judge, before God gave them Ehud to judge. Uh, the same thing happened before God gave them Deborah to judge, and it's happening before God gives them Gideon to judge. Israel left God, and they live in sin. Uh, we also know that each time they leave God and they leave God's will, they were oppressed. Each and every time that they did this, they were oppressed. First by Mesopotamia, then by Moab, then Canaan. And tonight we will see that they're oppressed by Midian. Uh, this is very consistent. Uh, we can come to a practical conclusion here. When God's children leave him and leave his will and his plan, they will face some oppression and they will be sent a judge. So how does that actually apply to us, though? Uh, first, if we are a child of God and we choose to leave the will of God or to live an evil or wicked lifestyle, if we leave the ways of God, then we cannot count on God's protection and God's provision over our life anymore. If we leave God and live right in our own eyes like Israel did, uh, then we will face some oppression. Uh, this oppression can come in many different ways. Uh, it's not likely to be like the book of Judges. It's not likely that a whole nation is going to come and make you their slave. Uh, I suppose that might happen, but it's not likely. Uh, it's more likely that God is not going to protect you from certain hardships in your life that he probably would have been able to protect you from if you would have stayed living right with him and stayed in his will. Uh, you may have to deal with uh, all kinds of problems in your life 
that were not supposed to be there if you stayed right with God. And that can be anything, car problems, house problems, uh, health problems, maybe family issues, financial issues, uh, could be persecution at work. It could be really anything, so many things uh, that make life harder. Now, I don't say these things to scare you. I'm not trying to scare you into staying right with God, although if I thought that worked, maybe I'd give it a try because I would just rather you be right with God. Uh, but I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to get you down or sad or upset. Uh, I'm trying to just warn you. Uh, you're my brothers and sisters, and I'm trying to get you uh, to avoid these hardships in your life. I'm trying to help you have a better life, a more blessed life. And that is the purpose for saying this. So the first practical application is that we cannot count on God's protection and his provision if we are not living right with God. And the second practical application is if a child of God leaves the plan or the will of God and starts living a wicked or evil lifestyle, then God will provide us a judge. God will provide us a judge. This is the purpose of us getting things right with our Heavenly Father. Uh, now, I deal with my children and disciplining them on occasion. Every once in a while when they act up, you know, uh, that like once a year occasion. And uh, w- when they do this, I have to deal with their disobedience. And, and I don't do it with the idea or the heart of punishment. Uh, I don't do it with, I'm right, you're wrong. I don't do it with a heart of hate or anger, although sometimes I am a little bit angry at what they chose to do or say. In those cases, I usually send them in the corner for a few minutes just so I can cool down and then approach it properly. Uh, but what I do is I address it in a heart of love and a desire to have a good relationship with my kids. Again, if I let them be disobedient and disrespectful to me and I just let it go and never do anything about it, <clears throat> then my relationship with them is not going to be as good as it could have been. God will send us a judge so we can get things right with him again. God desires to have a good relationship with us, a clean and a clear relationship with us because he loves us. Uh, This is the very reason that God sent his son Jesus, so that we can be reconciled back to God. We can have a good relationship with God, a wonderful relationship with God. This is why God will send a judge to us. Hebrews 12:6 says for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth. That's Hebrews 12:6. Uh, God loves us and this is his motivation for us uh this is our motivation for us to get things right with God. Now, how will our judge come? Uh, again, it probably won't be like uh, the, the book of Judges and God's going to call this judge to rule over our nation, and that kind of thing. It's probably not going to happen that way. Uh, so our judge, how, who, who or how will our judge come? Well, first off, it's already here. Uh, God's word is a judge for our life. Uh, when there is sin in our life and we are uh, in the word of God, Now, it's interesting that usually when there's sin in our life, that's the times we're not quite so much in the Word of God. Uh, But if we are, if we're reading through the Word of God and we have some sin in our life, the Bible is going to tell us. We're going to see it in there. God is going to reveal our sins to us through His Word. God's Word is our judge. Uh, God may also use preaching and teaching of His servants. Uh, I can't even count how many times that I've been sitting in a church service And I had some kind of sin in my life 
And, and, and all of a sudden, I hear God speaking to me through the preacher. Now, again, this only happens if you're in church. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people aren't living right with God, that's the time they slip away from church as well. Uh, if we're living outside the will of God, God will let us know. Now, he's not just going to let us be over there and never tell us that we're wrong. Uh, he may do that directly through his word. He may use a preacher or a teacher. Uh, if, and if you're actually trying to find the truth of a situation, God can even use the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit will lead you to the truth. Uh, God will let us know if we were out of his will, just like he let Israel know every time they left him. Uh, so Israel here, they're left without a judge again, and they decide to do evil again, and they leave God in his ways. And because of this, God allows Midian to oppress Israel. Again, this is all leading up to Gideon being called to be a judge. Uh, let's read verse 1 and 2 here. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them in the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Uh, now, I just want to point out that this did not have to happen. Uh, it did not need to happen. Uh, this is a direct result of God's people doing evil. Uh, direct result of God's people leaving God and them doing right in their own eyes. Uh, this is why this oppression happened to Israel. Uh, and God tells us that in verse 1 here. Uh, we need to know and understand that this could have been avoided. Uh, we need to realize that there are things in our own life today that could also be avoided. We've already talked about this. Uh, but I just want to make it clear I want us all to be able to live our best life and have God's hand of blessing and protection on us at all times. So that's why I keep bringing this up. When we leave God, when we live in sin or hold on to a sin that we struggle with, when we do this, we will have to live with the consequences of that. And the biggest consequence of that is God will remove his blessing and his protection. Uh, we need to stay close to God. And we need to be right with God so that we can avoid these oppressions in our life. I wish Israel would have done this. I wish they would have stayed close to God. And then they could have avoided all this uh, oppression, all these hardships that they had to deal with. Uh, we see Midian here uh, as the oppressor for Israel, but they're not alone. Look at verse 3. And it was written when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. I like that. It says even they came up against them. Uh, so we have three groups here. Uh, Midian is joined by uh, the Amalekites and the children of the east, which refers to a group of people living in the Arabian desert area in the east. Uh, all three of these groups had a nomadic background. Uh, and we'll see here that they joined together to oppress Israel. Uh, so what do they actually do? What are these three uh, groups of people do to oppress Israel. Uh, we'll start reading in verse 4. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and with their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. 
uh, they invaded their space here. Now, here's a, a kind of a throwback question. Has anybody here ever played the game Space Invaders? Anyone? Anyone? No one. No one's played the game? Okay. Okay. We got one or two. Okay. I've played the game Space Invaders. Uh, I was terrible at it. I, I was horrible. That, that game really uh, relied on your timing, and I have no timing. You can ask my wife when I lead music. I just do my own thing over here and hope that she's with me. Uh, I just, I have no timing. So I was not very good at that Space Invader game. Uh, now, who here knows of a person that is a space invader? Now, you may not understand what I'm getting at here. Sometimes when you talk to people, they like to be really close to you, right? Uh, some people. I'm not like that. I'll talk to you from 10 feet away. That's fine with me. Uh, but some people, they just like to be really close to you. And that's okay, but I like my space. Uh, so I try to be really nice. Uh, I try to be uh, kind, but when I'm talking to a space invader, uh, I typically do the whole slowly back away thing, and they're chasing you down as they're talking to you, but that's okay. I just like space, and, and they're just friendly. It's okay. Uh, Israel had to deal with some space invaders here, and it's more than just having a person standing too close to you when you're talking. It, it was three whole nations worth of people invading their space. They would be very unpleasant, or this whole situation would be very unpleasant. Uh, even if these people invading their space were nice, it would still be unpleasant. But they were not very nice. Uh, now, when I was growing up, and I think my family would be okay telling this, but when I was growing up, I had an uncle, my dad's younger brother, uh, that lived with us on uh, three or four different occasions. Um, and in all reality, he ended up living with everybody in the family at some point. Uh, but, uh, when I was a kid, it was kind of cool. Like, you know, your uncle's here and, and he plays games with you and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of nice. But I remember when I was a teenager, my uncle was married then at that time. And for whatever reason, something happened and they needed a place to live. They asked my dad if they could live with us. And so he said, okay, it was supposed to be for a short amount of time. It ended up being forever. And, uh, even though you like the person, even though they're family, they were invading our space, you know. It's like, man, they're always here. That used to be my spot on the couch, and now there's someone there, you know. It, it just having someone in your space all the time is not very pleasant. At some point, we like having our own space. We need space. Israel couldn't ask these people to leave. They were stuck with them. And these people, not only were they in their space, but they destroyed the land and they destroyed the food. Uh, have you ever visited a fair after the week is over or, or maybe the last day and they're starting to clean up and there's not as many people there? You look around and the place is like destroyed, right? The grass is, is dead and sad looking. There's like mud everywhere. There's rocks. It's not beautiful like it was a week ago, right? Uh, usually there's trash left everywhere and it just looks destroyed. Uh, this is what's happening here. Uh, the, the, the land is getting destroyed. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east uh, use up all the edible crops of the land. They eat all the grass. Uh, and all, they eat, use up all the crops. Uh, they bring their animals with them, and their animals eat up all the grass and all of the land and leave nothing for Israel and for Israel's animals. Uh, so we see here, leading up to Gideon being uh, called by God to be the judge, we see that Israel sinned again. We see that they're oppressed Next, we see that Israel cries to God. Look at verse 6. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, 
And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Uh, Israel does the right thing here. They just do it at the wrong time. They should have been going to the Lord before now. In, in reality, they should have uh, been in communication with the Lord and stayed right with the Lord all along. They should not have waited this long. Uh, they should have gone to God right away. They should have been in constant prayer with God. So this could have allowed them to never leave God to begin with. Uh, if they would have stayed right with God and stayed in communication with God all along, they would have never left God. This would have never happened. This could have all been avoided. Israel finally makes it around to asking God for help. Uh, and this is because of the oppression of the Midianites here. Uh, how many times do we forget all about God until we need some help? I see it all the time. I know of people that I know without a doubt that they don't go to church. They've even told me that they don't like to go to church. Uh, and then something terrible happens in their life. And they ask you and they ask everyone to start praying for them. And they finally themselves make it around to praying to God as well. Uh, we need to talk to God in times of need, that's for sure. But we also should be praising God in good times. And we should be talking to God every single time in between there, whether it's a praising moment or a moment of need or just somewhere in the middle. We should always be in constant communication with God. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. There should never be a time that we're not talking to God, whether it's good times, bad times, or anywhere in between. We should always be uh, in communication with God. Uh, if we never leave God, if we are in constant prayer with God, we will have a harder time getting into trouble. And if trouble does seem to find us somehow, we will have God right there at the very beginning of it all to help us. Uh, now, there's one more event left before the calling of Gideon. Again, Israel sinned. They are oppressed by Midian. They finally get around to crying to God for help. But then God sends a messenger to Israel. Look at verse 8. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. It goes on to tell them uh, a lot more, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Israel needed someone to tell them how it is here. Uh, they needed uh, someone to tell them what they're doing is wrong. Sometimes people need a straight talker. Uh, they just need someone who's going to say it plainly to them. It's not going to sugarcoat things so much that the truth is just all covered up. Uh, we need to look or we'll look at the actual message here brought by this prophet. Uh, but I want to take a second to think about the intention and uh, of the message, along with the style of the message for a minute. Uh, people today, they don't want to hear a hard message. Uh, people today want to think that God is just all hugs and high fives. Uh, God is truth. God is honest. God is a straight talker. We will see in this message here that is brought to Israel that God did not sugarcoat the message at all. He told them plainly what the truth was. Uh, whether people realize it or not, or if people like it or not, it doesn't matter. God told his children when they were wrong. He spoke plainly to them. Uh, some people would think that if we spoke this plainly, then we're just being mean or rude or evil. Uh, and, and that just simply isn't true as long as one thing is present, and that is love. Uh, God is setting his children straight because he loves them. If, if we 
have to preach a tough message here. We have to have a tough conversation with a brother in Christ. It needs to be done in love. And I know that's the case here. That's how we uh, act. We all love each other here, and that's how we interact with each other. And we want what's best for each other. Now, we'll read in a minute, but God tells Israel uh, directly that they disobeyed his command to them. Uh, sometimes this is the case, and when it is, we need someone to tell us that we're wrong. If we're doing something wrong, sometimes we need someone to say, hey, I love you, but you're wrong. Uh, we need someone to tell us if we've done something bad, if we disobeyed God, and, and then God will send someone our way to tell us what we are doing is wrong. Again, this can happen just from reading the Bible. Um, it, we can just be in our Bible each day and God can show us when we're wrong. Sometimes it'll come from a preacher. Uh, I would love to just preach sunshine and blessings every time I preached. I would love every word that came out of my mouth, your smile just got bigger on your face. Uh, that would be great. Uh, but that's not how God operates, at least not all the time. Uh, whether we like it or not, sin will be preached on because that is what God preached on. That is what Jesus preached on. Uh, God and uh, Jesus, when he was here on earth, he didn't ignore sin. Uh, he addressed sin. He did it in love. He loved the people enough to tell them about their sins. If you read all of Jesus's preaching, you will see that he spoke plainly uh, and, and did not uh, try to sugarcoat things. He addressed the sin in those people's lives. So now on to the actual message that God sends to Israel. Start again in verse 8. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Uh, the message to Israel, uh, this is a tough and a straightforward message sent by God through this unnamed prophet that tells Israel directly that they have disobeyed God. That's some pretty tough conversation there. Uh, before that, we see that before God, the last uh, part of verse 10 there, it says that they did not obey my voice. Uh, God was saying that before he says that, God tells them every amazing thing that he has already done for them. God tells them everything he's done and reminds them of telling them that he is their God. And there's no reason they need to fear uh, or even consider the gods of the land that they are in. And, and that makes sense. Uh, God has over the years blessed and took care of Israel. Uh, he's taken care of them in bad times and gave them a way to survive and rescued them time and time again. And God says, I'm going to keep being your God. So why would they fear the fake gods that have never done anything? Now, with that in mind, why would Israel disobey and follow and serve and fear these false gods? Well, it's not because of anything the gods did. They're fake. They're made up. They haven't done a single thing ever. It's because of the people that were there. The people that we allow into our life hold a power of influence over us. Uh, some more than others, but anyone in your life, anyone at all, will have some type of influence over you. 
Uh, this is why we need to be very careful who we allow into our life, uh, who we choose to be friends with, who we choose to hang around with. Uh, do, maybe you don't remember, but when you were a teen and you had friends, uh, and they would, one of your friends would start saying a new phrase or a new word, you know, something new and catchy that just came around, and all of a sudden you start saying, and your parents are like, well, you know, where'd you get that from? And it's because of one of your friends. They had influence over you, and, and you just started doing that, maybe without even thinking about it. Influence is more powerful than you think. Uh, the, the, I looked this up, the top two reasons uh, that someone would start doing illegal drugs is because of peer pressure and social glorification. Both of these two are a type of influence that other people have on you. Now, in today's world, uh, the world we live in today, the people that influence you don't even have to be near you. Uh, They could be in a whole different country, thousands of miles away, and they can still influence you thanks to the Internet and social media. Uh, We need to be way more careful who we allow into our lives, and that includes social media or on the Internet. Uh, They can pull us away from God even without us realizing it. Now, my rule for my life is that if the person is not pulling me towards God, then I need to check and see if they're pulling me away from God. Uh, We need to be very careful. Uh, if, If the person is not edifying to be around, then maybe we need to not be around them. We can't afford them to pull us down. Uh, Now, God wants us to edify each other. God wants us to build each other up. So I'm not saying if you're around a younger Christian, don't be around them anymore. No, Uh, being around young Christians are great. A lot of times they have a lot more energy uh, and they're excited about things. And that's actually helpful to us. Uh, But also uh, you just being around them and helping them and encouraging them, uh, you helping them through a Bible study or something along those lines, doing that, you helping them in their Christian walk, a lot of times helps you in your Christian walk as well. If someone uh, asks me a question about the Bible, most of the time I have to get in my Bible and start looking for the right answer or get a little more, bit more information. So being around young Christians is great because you can end up being in your Bible a lot more. Uh, this is all what happened. Uh, everything we talked about tonight is all what happened between Deborah judging and Gideon being called by God to be the next judge. Uh, Israel walked away from God. The Midianites oppressed Israel. God sends a messenger to wake up Israel. And then we finally see God's calling of Gideon. God's calling of Gideon. Uh, Look in verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was by Orpha, that pertained unto Joash the Abyssalite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now skip down to 14. And the Lord looked up upon upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Now we're going to look at the calling of Gideon. Uh, We will actually look at Gideon's answer to this calling and everything involved with it. There's kind of a lot that goes on there. Uh, We'll look at that next week. Uh, But this week, we're just going to consider the actual calling of Gideon. Uh, God sends an angel to tell Gideon that he is the one that God is choosing to use. In verse 14, God tells Gideon to go 
and to save Israel. And God ends with, have not I sent thee? Uh, There's no question about it. This is God's plan. He has made it very clear. Remember, I said God speaks clearly. He has made it very clear to Gideon what the plan is. Uh, This is God's plan for Gideon. This is what God is requiring Gideon to do. Gideon now knows the will of God for his life. He knows the calling specific to his life. Uh, Gideon is also told that he's a mighty man of valor in verse 12. And then in verse 14, again, God says that he has might. So to me, it seems that this calling for Gideon, uh, it seems like it fits uh, very well for him. It fits in uh, for Gideon uh, due to his strength and his might. Uh, God is asking him to do something that it seems that he has been prepared to do. Now, Gideon is also told that God will be with him. Look again at verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Those would be great words to hear, very encouraging. If Gideon now he knows what God's desire is for him to do, and he also knows that God will be with him, this should be a no-brainer, right? You know exactly what God expects. God says, I will be right there with you. It should be a no-brainer. This should be a very easy decision. Uh, We'll see next week that it wasn't so easy for Gideon. uh, And this is probably mostly because he's human. And it would be a little bit tough thing to head into. Uh, I know I would probably be nervous about it all. Maybe scared, unsure of how to do this. uh, Maybe surprised by the calling a little bit. Uh, Gideon, he was basically doing farm work here. Uh, out on the threshing floor before the uh, angel showed up and, and God told him what to do. Gideon uh, was uh, he, he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He, he knew what God wanted him to do, and he knew that God was going to be with him. So from the outside looking in, th- this is a great situation. Uh, this is a definite yes or an easy decision. But for some reason, Gideon struggles with it for a bit. Again, we'll look at that next week. But to be honest, if we uh, we struggle with saying yes to God's calling in our life, too, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's not easy to say yes. Uh, the truth is that God has something specific for every single one of us to do. God has something specific for you to do and something specific for me to do. God will tell us what his will is for our life if we're searching and looking for it. Uh, hopefully we are listening. If God calls us and tells us what we are to do, and we know that God will be with us and help us on this path, he will help us and guide us and protect us, and he'll be right there with us. We need to be listening for the call. Uh, And when it comes in, we need to remember that God is going to be with us. And this should help us shout, yes, God, I will do it. Let's pray.